Hey, this is Kelly Catrone, and you are listening to Good For Her. You know it is, bitch. Listen up. Okay. You are listening to Good For Her. And who told you that? Kelly Catrone. Wow. Why? Because she's on this episode. And personally, this is a huge moment for us because she is New York City. She is PR. Kelly is so important. The fabric of American history. Pop culture. Um, how many? What shows have she has she been been on? America's Next Top Model. Kel on Earth. The City. The Hills. The Kelly Catrone Project. Doctor Phil. Doctor Phil. So many things. Well, the show Kel on Earth defined a lot for us. That is a show that is, I think, should be like I don't know what studied. It should be studied. It should be. It should be like. Is there some sort of American association of? classes how do you get like what do you when you get like a like when a school to a, to be a school sort of they have charter. to like a charter they have to like get some sort of I charter don't know. that show charter it it's, you cowards it's incredibly educational we're we're in events we throw events we throw fabulous events um but when we got to a scale of having to throw events to like the large scale we had done we were kind of like Oh, well, how do how do we get a caterer? Matt said when we were doing this, he said, let's buy Kel on Earth on Amazon. Because Kel on Earth is, is – by the way, they filmed this while she was also filming The City, right? The Hills the was Hills. filming. Yeah, and, and there will be more about on that, that later. as we talk to Kelly. But this show – it just sort of showed you how the business worked. Well, all the shows did. The Hills, The City, Kel on Earth, they really revolved around people's revolution. And um, there was like, for example, one episode where she told somebody who had to get a caterer, call three people, get a quote, and choose the best one. Advice like that, people sometimes decide to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars at like a Harvard, but you can just get it from this Amazon. show. Um, it is available on Amazon, and um, you should purchase it. How did we meet? How did how did how did we get so lucky? Yeah, gratitude check. How did we get so lucky? The this started really like three or four years ago in 2019. Kelly went live, and I always pay attention when that happens on my phone when we I have get alerts. a notification that Kelly Catrone is live. We tuned in and then we DM'd her during the live and she responded. We were like, loved the live. And then. Great intro. Before, before long, we got a message. It said, uh, a message from Kelly Catrone. We kind of panicked. Matt almost jumped out of a window. It was the first floor. I leg out the window. He was on his way out. But we are only alive once. Yeah. So we did it and we made contact. Then a few years later, or like a year later, uh, it was like... It was in the pandemic. We were doing our zine. During like the depths of the pandemic, we DM'd her because we were sending out a zine with art in it, uh, and we wanted to interview somebody in the zine. So we asked Kelly, can we interview you? She did not see that message. She's busy. She's so busy. That's fine. There's a lot of things going on. Um, So we moved on. Well, we never moved on. 
No, we no, no nobody ever moves on. <laughs> but we, we went forward. We went forward. We moved forward. And uh, our next kind of chapter in Kelly Catrone came um, just from like, you know, we've been posting more. And whenever we're kind of like we need that kind of Kelly energy, we post a Kelly Catrone post. And there's no shortage of iconic headlines about Kelly Catrone, photos from events uh, throughout the past, I don't know, however many years. There's so many um, – just, I would say, like, historical moments. Moments. Mm-hmm. One of them is, for example, a headline in the New York Post, PR icon Kelly Catrone bans Jezebel Ryder for life. And the quote in this article from Kelly is, she is no longer welcome at anything I do, in- including my own funeral. I will make sure she can't get into my own funeral. So you don't want to make <laughs> Kelly mad, okay? And it's so... <laughs> <laughs> this is like, uh, this Jezebel Ryder came and then, like, what, sat in the front row? Yeah, but, then, but she had, like, a second row seat, and Kelly later said, like, that was generous for Jezebel writer and Kelly simply told her like don't sit in the front row move and then her whole article was like all I got from fashion week was this Kelly Catrone story you should be be so so lucky lucky. count your blessings count your gratitude check all around um we now have a Kelly Catrone story um and it's one of grace it's one of um generosity um because she took time out of her busy schedule and this was a Saturday she had like five other meetings that day she is working so hard she's still running New York City and she took she carved out a moment for us we are so grateful and it just like we just were like okay listen She's not going to teach a master class. We asked. She said no. Um, but we were just thinking, we learned so much from sitting down with her for just a little bit. And it reminded us of when we first bought Kel on Earth. We learned so much from that show. Just so hearing her talk. We want to continue this tradition of Kelly teaching. Inspiring. The general public. Mm-hmm. And we want this podcast to serve as a master class from Kelly Catrone. In the interim, before we get the actual masterclass. And it's going to be a lot of different subjects, um, but you're going to learn a lot. So, you know, get a, get your notebook out, uh, get a cappuccino, um, practice some stillness, and um, you're welcome. You're welcome. Period. Lesson one, Kelly Catrone on setting an example. I should teach them. I don't want to be like part of the master class people, but I was feeling like I should teach a fashion class like online for money. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, that was like one of our first questions. Like, was it intentional with the show to like make it as like helpful for people as possible? Or I, mean, I don't know how it works. I don't I guess. know. Like, I don't sure think so. I think that um, the cool thing about the shows that I did was that there aren't that many examples of women in business mm-hmm. who make sense. I mean, maybe not make sense to some people, but yeah. I mean, like, there aren't housewives. Let's just say that that brand, mm-hmm. I think, is a very degrading brand to feminism, even though I have a lot of friends that have done it. But none of them have come out on the other side well. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've all, it's kind of like being a Kardashian husband. It's like, it doesn't seem like when you go through that trajectory, it works out very well. So the thing that was cool about the show, um, I came to realize in the middle of it, not before, that there was a spiritual thing happening in the sense that we had 
allowed people to come into a world that they were never allowed to see before and they were allowed to see a woman doing it who came from nothing so like even like the word like napo baby like Mm -hmm. it's just like i came from syracuse like i slept in the same bed with my sister like we didn't even have twin beds like my you know my parents were like okay this is your room like there was no like boundaries (laughs) there was no like you know we had one car you know one bathroom six people it was like a very simple thing so um I think that people could sense that. Like, even if they thought it was a bitch or whatever, they could be like, well, if she could do that, I could do that. Or like, that's cool. Like, she, And then the books just further reinforce that. And so then what started to happen was I realized that there were a lot of kids that were like using that as like a hummingbird feeder, like, like a trajectory of like, yeah, I want to go there. And it was funny because MTV, oddly enough, when I was young, did that for me. You know, like MTV, like cable TV happened when I was a teenager, like it didn't exist. Like you guys weren't alive then, but there were only three networks. Like you had ABC, CBS, and NBC. That was it. There was Mm -hmm. no Bravo. There was no MTV. There was no Viacom. There was no A&E. There was no history. There was nothing. So when cable TV came on and I saw MTV, I was like, are you kidding me? I want to, that's where I want to be. I want to be like in rock and roll, in music, in pop culture, like And the only thing that I had seen from pop culture before that was like the mall. And so um, I think that the whole Kel and Earth thing, the hills, the city, even even top model, you don't really see women calling shots Mm -hmm. and and playing the game and making their own decisions, like running a major game, you know? So it's like part gangster and it's power bitch and whatever you want to call it. I mean, all those words are like really crazy. I mean, there was one point when I was on TV that... If you Googled the word power bitch, like my picture came up with it. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that is the coolest thing to think. I know, but it's not that cool. Planet. It was like me and Anna, but at like one point, like, <laughs> it was before 70 questions. I think I was like already like, and it was just like these, and we're both Scorpios and it was really weird. And I replaced them on the, on the hills, which is like, and they're the ones who recommended me to do that. So it was weird. It was weird. But I do think it was a really good thing because I think it gave, gave kids in the LGBTQ, you know, space and 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 young women who were straight like oh that wanted to be power tricks or whatever like hey this is a girl that i'm you know they just say i want to be like that i want to do that like even anna delvey yeah Mm -hmm. like anna delvey said that she moved to new york because she saw me on the fucking hills lesson two kelly catrone on the ashley dupre story the ashley dupre thing was a really crazy story in the sense that um I got a phone call from Interscope Records that they wanted me to meet with her. She wanted to be a musician. I didn't know who she was. I had no idea. The kids in my office knew about it. And then I heard the story about Elliot Spitzer and he wanted to save prostitution. One problem, he wanted to outlaw prostitution in New York City. He was the biggest client. Mm-hmm. This is the joke of all this shit. Yeah. It's always the girl's fault, right? Like it's her fault. She's a hooker. Mm-hmm. No, that's not really what fucking happened. The girl was a cocktail waitress. She was from New Jersey. She worked at like I don't know, some downtown, like not One Oak, but like a place like that. I don't Mm -hmm. know where she was working. Anyway, Elliot Spitzer decides he's going to end prostitution. She ends up working as a cocktail waitress somewhere. And somebody says to her, like, you're sleeping with these guys anyway. Do you want to get paid two grand, five grand? Okay, that's prostitution. Of course it is. In my opinion, trying to manipulate a guy for a Birkin bag because you suck his dick is also prostitution. Mm -hmm. So I think that if, if people want to talk about the word women... They should really understand or like understand like what the fuck they're really talking about because I think a lot of women are involved in like subtle forms of prostitution, for real. Mm-hmm. 
and manipulation for money, different things, houses, clothes, you know, what they want. Mm -hmm. My thing has always been about teaching women or people to make their own money Mm -hmm. so they can sleep with whoever the fuck they want. Like, mm-hmm. you like degenerate skaters? Me too. Right? <laughs> Guess what? You don't need them to pay for your apartment because you're a baller and you make your own money and you hook that dude up and you call the shots and then you don't have the fucking problem and then you can be free. Yeah. You know, where you're not like, oh, well, if I'm nice to him, then he's going to get me this dress and then we're going to get to go to Tulum. Like, what the fuck? You're yeah. a hooker. Yeah. That's hooking. But at least get paid, yeah. At least get paid. Yeah. yeah. At least be and go home. You don't have to make dinner afterward unless it's part of the job. You know what I mean? You're gonna make like taco night, okay? Great, you're naked in the kitchen, but guess what? Paper. Yeah. Not like oh, I'll see. I'm I'm not ready to commit. No, those girls are getting paid. They know what's up. I'm I'm not saying I have, I have no opinion about it, but but the thing with Ashley that was crazy is that she really was vilified. Like, mm-hmm. the person that was the asshole was Elliot Spitzer, okay? He was the elected official mm-hmm. in the state of New York, okay, who was using taxpayers' money to get fucked. Mm-hmm. And he's ugly and he's gross. <laughs> and none of those girls would have ever been with him for free. He's yeah. so disgusting that he had to pay for sex. So, okay, you have to pay for sex. No problem. Or you want to pay for sex because you're hot and you're a rock star. Whatever. Who cares? Pay for sex. Do it. It's a very clean deal. But when this happens, they make her the bad girl. Yeah. How, how is she the bad girl? She's a girl who's just trying to fucking find her way. You know, that that's her thing. She's not an elected official. Uh-huh. You know, she's like, oh, you want me to suck your dick? Pay me two grand. So anyway, she ends up at my office, you know, mm-hmm. and then that became a whole thing. I got fired, like, for letting her in that show, you know? And that guy, like, tried to drag me, yell as well. And the thing that was crazy about it is my office told me, don't let her come to the show. It's going to be bad. Mm -hmm. And I didn't listen to them. Because I I literally couldn't believe that people would get that stressed out about something like that. Yeah. And I also felt a little bit like Ashley knew what was going on. Like, she knew it was the one year. I didn't know it was the one year anniversary. I didn't know all of that. So it was slightly strategic on her part. And And I think... Professionally, I made a mistake because, you know, I should have, I did, I, I, what I did, I did on purpose. I didn't ask her to leave because I made a decision to stay in the truth. And the truth was half the people in the front row were fucking people for money or the other half of the people were mistresses of somebody. The whole thing, Egal was having an affair, the mm-hmm. designer was somebody else's wife, maybe Billy Joel's, I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, you know, could have been, uh, so I was just like, I didn't want to kick her out. Yeah. Cause she wasn't supposed to come to that show. She was supposed to come to a different show, W Delphine at three o'clock and she showed up to that show early. And so she came to my other show first. And when she was in the front row, I just, I, I saw what was happening because women's wear came in and all of a sudden I saw the photographer and it was like really in slow motion. It was like light, 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 light. And I was like, whoa. You guys, I'm doing slow slow-mo movements of like trying to I was like, no, And then we did the show and then it got worse. Because after the show, she came backstage. <laughs> and then she jumped in a photo op. And then I was on my way to the show that she was supposed to come to when I got a phone call from the design team, Andy Gal, telling me um, that they hate me and that they were firing me and fuck me and blah, 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 you know. And uh, 
It was fine. I didn't mind getting fired. It's, I feel like today they would pay like the equivalent to Ashley of Ashley Dupree twenty thousand dollars to come to a show. I, mean, I feel like it's like so different. <laughs> I don't know. You know, the thing that was really funny is like I think sometimes you're just kind of asked to just be who you are, right? Like mm-hmm. at a certain point, like okay, yes, there's the publicist, but there's also the human being. You know, so it's like the PR thing is like to do the right thing for work. But then there's also like, what about the right thing for humanity? Mm-hmm. What about the right thing for spirituality? You know, what about the right thing? What about the fucking truth? What about the fact that that guy, Elliot Spitzer, was a dick? Yeah. And what about the fact that they vilified that girl? Like she got dragged, man. Like she and she's just a kid. Mm-hmm. I'm a fucking publicist. Like I, don't, I get dragged in the media. It's like a football player getting checked or I don't know tackled, I guess is the word. I'm not a sports person, but you know. Yeah. You know, so I'm used to it. You know, I work in the media. I I understand when people want to come for me. They want to fucking do whatever. It's like, okay, cool. This is my backyard. Mm-hmm. You want to do this? You want to do get out? Let's go. Yeah. You know, but she's just a young fucking girl. She's just a hot cocktail waitress. By the way, who now is a happily married mom with three mm-hmm. kids. And her daughter is like an influencer. Do you know this? No. You don't? I knew she was married Alex kids. Earl is Ashley Dupre's daughter. I know this because I have a 21-year-old. I bred my own R&D. <laughs> <laughs> and, so and my daughter smart. was born on the day of the people's party, by the way. So, <laughs> May 1st, yeah. Lesson three, Kelly Catrone on boundaries. I don't know. I mean, I have, like, some boundaries. Like, I don't deal with fur. Like, yeah. when people want me to deal with fur and work with fur, like, I'm not into it. I think it's gross. So... Like, if furriers call me and stuff like that, you know, I'm a vegetarian. I'm like, I don't want to work with you, you yeah. know? There's, like, brands that'll call, it's like, and you're just like, well, I'm not really down for what you're about, you know? I think it's hard, you know? I mean, anytime I've done stuff for money, I've lost, so. And I do stuff for money, and I still lose when I do yeah. it. It's, like, crazy. It's like you go to the same door, you get the same result, keep doing the same shit. What I try to do is not do it that often. I mean, if I need to do it for the company, like, if we need the money for payroll or something is going on or we have a big month coming or we need to grow or we're expanding and we need more dollars in, then then my definition of what's okay with me and what's not okay with me grows. But then I have, like, certain boundaries, like... Yeah. You know, like over the years, like if people are really fucked up on drugs, I don't really want to work with them. If they're violent, I don't want to work with them. If they have a violent outburst, it's like I'm used to that. Like it's yeah. okay. There's 365 days in the year. If you're an asshole for seven of them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We're still batting A plus. Like <laughs> that's just the algorithm of a great relationship, right? I'm not an asshole, like a real asshole, more than 10 times a year. Are you? Like, I mean, you have to call your friends more than 10 times a year and say, oh, I'm so sorry that happened last night, or I didn't really mean that. You don't have to do that all the time. I mean, if you do, then there's something wrong, right? Like you need to go to rehab or therapy. But I mean, that's like once a month. I mean, yeah. that's a lot of problems. Like if you're an asshole, like it's 12 months in a year. If you have 10 bad days out of 365, that means for 355 days, you were cool. Yeah. But everybody always wants to focus on the 10 days that you're not cool. Lesson four, Kelly Catrone on dressing for success. Ladies, gentlemen, 
make sure people, everyone, everyone in the whole wide world, whoever wants to wear eyeshadow, we don't care, everyone, just make sure it matches your underwear, okay? This is a morning broadcast from the President of the United States. There'll be no more COVID vaccines, but your eyeshadow must match your underwear, everyone. Please, when you get to the airport, you will be asked by the TSA to show that your eye makeup matches your underwear. If you don't wear underwear, then your eye makeup should be flesh. Okay? Thank you. Period. Lesson five. Kelly Catrone on talk shows. I just like don't really talk my I don't really talk about myself that much, which is weird, don't you think? For someone who talks so much, I don't really well, you're, talk you're, a lot you're, of you're, you're talking about every, like kinda of everything, you know? Yeah. I should have a talk show. You should. I know. 100%. I've tried. I've tried. They're getting rid of them left and right. Like they just. Well, guess like- what? Who who cares? What, what's that guy's name from New Orleans? Um, Harry Connick Jr. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, what woman wakes up what? in Pennsylvania and goes, "Well, you know, I'd like to hear what Harry Connick Jr. has to <laughs> say about crazy. that." That was crazy. That was crazy. <laughs> and every time I watch Drew Barrymore, she's on her knees, like telling somebody they're great. Like she literally is on the floor, <laughs> like, "Oh my god." <laughs> It's like girl party. <laughs> That's what it should be called. Well, I don't there's know. no more Dr. Phil. There's no more, no more like Dr. Phil. I, w- I had a deal with him. I know. We, we, I mean, it's did you so ever cool watch, watch my um, we did. Spoiled and Entitled Girls? Yes. Yes. That was a huge moment. I mean, wh- that was a huge how moment. How much of that was like, it's no, it's all real. It's real? It's real. Wow. Okay. It's real. Lesson six Kelly Catrone on product development. By the way, you have a weed store downstairs. You have a Metro store. Bud. We have oh, yeah. two weed stores. Well, I'm in the cannabis space now in a big way. We need to go down there and get my product in there. What is your cannabis product? We have a couple brands that we're working on. One is a women's brand um, that I'm doing with Serena from Agent Provocateur. She's the founder. I worked on that brand for like 15 years with her. So um, it's her and another woman named Mayan Zilberman. I don't know. I'll show you her stuff. She makes this. Uh... Oh, that is beautiful. Wow, it's like yeah. a sculpture. Yeah, they're like. We're taking cannabis to the next level. Like, we're oh my god! It. We're taking it out of it's sugar. It's candy. Oh, it's all made. So it's <gasps> this all is all edibles. No way! Oh my god! Yes way, people. Crystals. Ah! Oh. Imagine having a dinner party. You just smash it, and everybody gets super stoned. Oh, okay? that's sexy! Thank you. Cherry Benoit balls up your pussy. <laughs> THC. Well, we can't give out any more trade secrets, but just know that we are going to get girls high fucked. Anti-anxiety, better at work, better, better, more fun, better sex, and a happier, happier family. Lesson seven, Kelly Catrone on artificial intelligence. Pluto's an Aquarius, so. Oh, I have Aquarius time. rising. What does that mean? If Pluto, it sounds like the planet of war. Pluto's troublemaker. Pluto's very slow moving. It's like a generational planet, yeah. and so. Uh, Are I, you an astrologer? No, but I watch so many astrology TikToks that I tell everybody in my life what's happening with them um, and uh, it just means it's like um, it's like the government's gonna come down and like um, all that shit and like yeah. um, AI is gonna get even bigger and all that well that's, a, a, bad, that's a bad thing oh yeah AI is I'm really against all of it I, it's, it's I don't even do self-checkout I won't do self-checkout I, I mumble at people at Home Depot they're like would you like oh, to do self-checkout? Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm going to be putting you out of a job. Why are you encouraging people? Flutter, go to the key department. Don't be yeah. helping people. Yeah. It's I like, don't think I don't think we should be telling AI things about us or teaching it too much. 
And then also... Um, Everyone's going to have a sex doll in their house. Yeah. You know, there, you know, like, it's like how, like, there's going to be, like, a sex... There's going to... You don't think that, like, a, a wealthy couple would want to have their own lovers, like, in the form of AI robots in their house? Yeah. Of course they are. Yeah. Lesson eight. Kelly Catrone on multitasking. Have you watched it from the... I've never really seen it. But have you watched it from the beginning? I did watch it from the beginning. And from like season one? Yeah, from season one when it first started. And uh-huh. like it's who, are, who was on, was Ramona on season one? Ramona was on season one. It was Ramona, uh, Luann, Bethany, Jill, and Alex McCord, who I really liked. Alex. I kind of miss her, because, but I think she wasn't right for the show because she was a normal uh, person. Lady. On the show, when she would, when they would get into fights, she would physically like break out in like hives uh-huh. because it was just so that's Bravo though. Her, like, when I shot Kellen Earth, I was covered in hives, so you could see like the end. I was like wearing all these sweaters because like my <laughs> no, whole fucking it was like stress, scary. Stress, stress. Yeah, it's very scary. Was it was just like, the fact of having these people around you all the time, or uh, just, like, it was a lot because I was yeah. on MTV at the same time. You know, I was doing like the I'm city doing both at the same time. Yeah. Oh my god. Whoa. Yeah, like on the same days. Oh my god. That is crazy. It's so crazy because Bravo made my office look like shit and MTV made my office look great. (laughs) The same show, the same person, the exact same days and you couldn't get any more different. You know, like The Hills was like, people's revolution. And then like the city was like, (laughs) (laughs) then um, Kellen Earth was just like, this motherfucking pigeon infested (laughs) joint. No matter how it looked on Kel on Earth, though, I feel like the one thing I always remember is, like, that it, when I first saw it, I was like, you have conquered New York City because there was, like, the office, the house, like, all, like, Yeah, that was a lot of money, man. That was a, that's a 32K a month setup. That's a lot of cash, you know? Yeah, sure. I wanted to be able to see my daughter, you know, when, in the morning and when she came home from school. And so I made a lot of choices that were, like, not necessarily financially the best choices, but it allowed me to have a family life. Like, what am I going to do? Have an apartment, like have an office somewhere and like not seem like my daughter. Like I would get up with her in the morning and then 90% of the time her nanny would do drop off because that was the only private time I had in the whole day. Mm -hmm. And then I would start people's, let's say at 8.39 a.m. And then Ava would come home at 3.30 and I would take an hour off then. I didn't take lunch and then I would be with her then. And then she would eat around six and I'd go back upstairs and sit with her. And then I'd go back and work till nine or 10. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I lived. So wow. I just came up and down in the elevator all the time. And it was genius in that way, you yeah. know, like, and, and by then I'd already, I, I didn't have any boundary issues. Like my staff never came to my house. Like it was completely separate. Like mm-hmm. no one came up there. Maybe my assistant would come up and meet me in the morning. We would run stuff, but, or I'd work on my books up there. Lesson nine, Kelly Catrone on the Gwyneth Paltrow trial. That She's going to win. I, I think she would, but I, but sometimes I, w- I listen to the Nancy Grace podcast. Do you remember? Like I do the best Nancy Grace imitation. <gasps> <laughs> I would love to Can hear it. Can we hear it? <laughs> so two chains, when I was shooting Top Model... Two chains with my next door neighbor at the Sunset Ricky Hotel. And he's so hot. <laughs> you know who was a chain above me? Um, who was also really hot? Gabrielle Byrne. 
So God. above me in the morning, I would hear the footsteps of Gabriel Byrne, like from In Treatment. You know, he's married to Alan Barkin. He's like yeah. an Irish actor. He's yeah. older than me, but hot as fuck. He's like, God. no, he's so hot. You were like in a hot pyramid. I was in a hot fucking triangle of like hot dudes, and in two chains was my next door neighbor, and like he would, we would talk all the time, and so. He would be like, well, we're going to Coachella. You want to come to Coachella with us on the helicopter? I'm like, no, I'm not coming to Coachella with you. That's like, um, cute. Okay. Um, all right. So it goes like this. It was like, um, um, two chains. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> now, you have a nickname. They like to call you Titty Boy. <laughs> Do you want to tell me how you got that name? Lesson 10. Kelly Catrone on Meeting Your Heroes. I'm like a big Stevie Nicks fan, you know, and I'm really good friends with Tom Petty's daughter, Anna Kim, and, you know, Tom and Stevie. And so she's always like, you want to meet Stevie Nicks? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, nope. I'm going to buy tickets. I'm going to pay full price. I'm not going backstage. I don't want to be a fan. I want to get a tambourine and a fucking cocktail and sit in the third row on the side on the mezzanine level and just fucking watch her on the screen. I can so see you two hanging out. Yeah. I don't think so. I'm too big of a fan. I can't. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think it's better sometimes, like, you know, if you... Like Cher. Like, I'm at Cher. Like, I'm a big Cher fan. You smoke cigarettes, too? Yeah, Guys, well, what are you doing? Why don't you smoke weed? These are, oh, um. I know, but what's going to happen to your lungs with this stuff? I take broccoli seeds. That is not going to stop <laughs> emphysema. Okay. <laughs> Here's the rule. I'm going to give everybody a rule who's listening. You can smoke until you're 40. Okay. Then you have to stop. Lesson 11. Kelly Cutrone on smoking. Um, I quit smoking because my dad died of emphysema and um, I would go and visit him toward the end with my mom and my mom smokes. She's 84. She smokes. And we would be downstairs and there would be an oxygen machine in use and we would be downstairs and we would be smoking and we'd be like, oh my God, it's so bad. Uh, It's so bad. He's like so gray. How much longer do you think he's... And it was like, wow, like, I can't believe that I'm doing this drug, that I'm watching kill somebody, like, in real time. Mm -hmm. That's my father. Mm -hmm. And the effect of watching that is not making me want to stop. Yeah. That's like addiction. So I was like, okay, this is this is serious, you know, and I tried a bunch of different things. I tried um, Chantix. You know, that that used to make people go crazy, right? Okay. You want to hear what happened to me when I took Chantix? This is a real story. Okay. I took Chantix, and um, I started having these really crazy dreams. And it was like, um, I guess they affect, it affects your dopamine blockers, so it does shit to your brain, mm-hmm. okay? And I'm not sure, so I'm not, a, I'm not a legal, I'm not a medical expert, and I can't speak about Chantix. You have to like go online, look it up, I don't really know. But what happened to me was, I started having these dreams, and it was really weird. It was like a board, and it would be like, subject number 574A is engaged. And it would be me, and it would be this alien, huge insect thing. But it would be me and a man, and we would start running, like, into the future. And then he would turn into this, like, alien insect. And then we would have this, like, crazy wild sex. Or, like, really wild wars would start happening. And then I would wake up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, in the middle of these dreams. And while I'm peeing... The vision is still the dream, even though I'm awake. Terrifying. 
terrifying. Oh my god. Terrifying. This went on for days. Then my hands turned blue. Then my hands turned like denim, like denim blue. And I ran to my parking garage where I think it was like $700 a month to park your car in Soho. And they're like, it took an hour to get me my fucking car out so I could drive myself because I was like, I'm going to go to New Jersey to go to the hospital because you're going to be all day long in the emergency room in New York. Like, it takes forever. And this was really before (laughs) urgent care. I'm like, fuck that shit. Hello, hack and sack. Medical emergency. No, Hoboken. Hoboken. I went to Hoboken. (laughs) Wherever Frank Sinatra's from, that's where I ended up. And, um, yeah, and I went off of it, but that's a dangerous drug. And then I went on the um, patch, which was also dangerous. And then I read about this thing called A Safe and Easy Way. Alan Carr's Safe the book. and Easy Way. I have way. that book for vaping. I just refuse to read it. But now I, I Well, will. you can also hire. Maybe you guys should try to get somebody to come on your podcast and, and do it for free. Oh, hypnotize us. Uh, well, I hired the trainer. They're mm-hmm. kind of a hypnotizer. Mm-hmm. Um, so he came to my office he came to people's revolution this was right around the time that kill on earth was on and um his name was damien which i thought was funny because that's the name of the guy in the exorcist which yeah. i thought was weird and he was british and he was like how does it feel to, oh he said what do, what do you like about smoking and i go well you know when i wake up in the morning it really helps me to focus and he's like okay and i'm like you know i relax in the middle of the day like when i smoke and he's like okay and i go and at night it helps me go to sleep because so let me get this straight the drug that gets you up in the morning is the one that gets you down at night. How does that work? And I'm like, I don't know. And he goes, you seem like a really smart person. How does it feel to be addicted to a drug that doesn't get you high? That's how the that conversation is, started. Yeah. And then what he taught me was that um, people who smoke, smoke to feel like a non-smoker. So what happens is, is that you get like... Um, your blood levels, you have nicotine in your blood. Like, and so after five hours, if you don't smoke, your nicotine levels drop where you're like 54% already detoxed off nicotine. And within the first 24 hours, you're like 92% detoxed off fucking nicotine. So the actual physical withdrawal is like under two days. And all the rest is psychological. So you just take a long flight and then just be ready. Well, that's why people start acting out on planes and stuff because they're really in a full-blown detox. Yeah. You know, and that's when it's like you need, like if somebody says like, we're going to cut off your left nipple and you're like, okay, just I want my drugs. Like make sure I get my cigarette. But if we take your left nipple, you'll get as many cigarettes as you want. That's, I noticed that with my father when he was dying. Like it was just like he was on an oxygen machine and he still smoked. He caught on fire. Oh he like God. literally caught on fire because his need to smoke was so great even while he was dying of emphysema, which is why like the nicotine thing, sorry to be a party pooper. No, you're it's right. It's just like you can smoke till you're 40. No, you can oh, smoke yeah. till you're 40 and have fun with it. Do it till you're like 35 or 40. But mm-hmm. between 35 and 40, you should get off of it or, or you'll die from it. You can do it for a while, for sure, but you can't. And I think that generationally, kids know this now. Mm -hmm. They know this about alcohol and tobacco, which is why everybody's pushing into mushrooms and plant consciousness. No, because they want to get high. They're like, if I'm going to die, I want to get high. And then also something that's safer and easier. The problem is, is that the carcinogens is like, you know, especially in vapes, it's like, it's not natural. You know, they're, they're, they're extractions. And so it's a different thing. Like, you know, do it. But, you know, when I was like, right before my dad died, I noticed on the phone I was starting to get really wheezy. 
I don't, I don't mm. know if you get wheezy off vapes or if you've had I used to get yet. wheezy off the cigarettes and less wheezy yeah. off this, but... Yeah, I got really wheezy and I'd be like... And I would be like... Nothing so cr- it's Oh, my that. fuck. Yeah. yeah, it sucks when that happens. That is like... That's a sign that your bronchi can't take anymore, you know? You're at full saturation. So I think, you know, if you can get into ganja, ganja's really good if you like to smoke. Yeah. You know, smoke flour. I have gotten off harder things I feel although I think nicotine like the coke worst. Uh, I had a I got in a car accident and they prescribed me uh, oxy? oxy and I had yeah. a, that like really I'm so sorry wet, that's wet my my thing. husband died from that my ex Ronnie Cachone OD'd on really oxy, yeah. I didn't know that I'm oh so yeah sorry yeah yeah that. it's a horrible thing yeah it was he was sober was... for 32 years in AA he had 32 years really oh my yeah God. wow he had 32 years sober yeah he had a, he had a surgery and they fucking gave him morphine yeah that's when that happened and then they sent him home with oxy that was it. Yeah, he was in a wheelchair for six months. You then... were? Well, from the accident I got into, I was in a wheelchair for six months. They prescribed me the Oxy, and I had tried it before, but they, when they prescribed it, it was like a steady stream. It was like, whoa. And then when I didn't need it anymore, I was like hooked at that point already. Yeah. And so then I just searched and kept finding it. And I ended up like, it was did like- Did you go to a 12-step program or what? I did. You... I went, well, I went to detox. I didn't go to a rehab. I went to St. Luke's to detox. Fuck. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I detoxed off uh, some hardcore drugs before. <laughs> it was, it's not fun. You learn a lot yeah. about people. <laughs> they put me on methadone there. And oh, then... that's bullshit. See, that's the thing about Alan Carr going back to this. It's just better to go cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, methadone. It's like, that's why the patch and Chantix, it's a joke. It's for pussies. Like, you're going to do it. Yeah. Just fucking suit up and get it done. And it'll be over so much quicker, as you know. I agree. Otherwise, you. you know, if you have to detox, it's like, and you detox like off heroin or opioids and you know I was never into the down I was always into the up like I haven't done coke I used to do coke in like 1991 was the last time I did coke Yeah, and it was like yeah well you didn't have a choice like Getting down is cool, like, if you don't have shit. I mean, I'm always so busy, like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. people, who wants a publicist on Oxy? <laughs> like, um, I think that's a really beautiful <laughs> dress. I think Selena Gomez. <laughs> really draws you in, though. <laughs> yeah. Stop Listen to me, I'm interesting. <laughs> so high. <laughs> No, it's um, it's bad. You know, it's a bad. It, this is the medicine system in the United States is fucked up. I used to be a nurse, and um, you know, opioids are. I mean, listen, you know, the Mercs, the Pfizer, these families, like these are drug. De- these are the real drug dealers, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not a joke. People think it's a joke. Like my mom, when my dad died. So my parents were married for fifty-four years. We know my dad died from cigarettes. So my mom never you know was she was with him for like 50 years like it was her only not her only boyfriend but it was her like main dude she never like lived alone she never had a career like they got married you know Mm -hmm. and she had three kids so when he died I was like I'm gonna have to be the one to tell my mom like what's up Mm -hmm. and I was like you've never lived alone oh yes I have when well, your dad would go on work trips for two days. <laughs> You've never lived by yourself, Beverly. What the fuck is, you know? And so I was like, you know, you're going to have to get used to sleeping alone. Because my dad was like a male, like an alpha guy. He was like an ex-Marine. He's like a self-made dude. He was like the man of the house, you yeah. know? 
And I was like, you're going to have to get used to this. And her doctors all drugged her up and they gave her fucking trazodone. And so I was going to Paris. I happened to go in and see. I, so I stayed with my mom after my dad died. But years later, I was going to Paris and I was like, hey, do you have any sleeping pills? Because I don't take pills. I'm not. I, I've, in fashion, like you have to really be very careful with drugs and alcohol. And like I'm very controlled. Um, and I was going there and I needed to sleep. And then when I arrived, I was going to have to go right to work. So I wanted to sleep on the plane. And she goes, oh, yeah, like when your dad died, like they gave me this medicine and um, it's just great. And um, I take it every night to go to sleep. And I'm like, what? Like, are you fucking, my mom's like eight in her 80s? Like, what? So I, I took it. It was, I mean, I did heroin once in my life by accident. I thought I was doing coke and I ended up doing heroin. That's a whole separate story. I think I wrote about it in my book. But I was like fuck, this is like heroin. And I, I went to sleep and I, and I woke up like 12 hours later, you know, oh and God. I was like, whoa, Bev, that's my mom's name. <laughs> She's like doing? five foot. She was like 94 pounds, you know? And I'm like, you take this shit every night? She's like, yeah. And I go, how do you wake up? She goes, I feel great. <laughs> I'm like, you're a drug addict. <laughs> do you know you're a drug addict? So now I've been sending her Delta 8, which is, yeah. against, you know, and I, she's like, I don't know. It's not quite as good as the other stuff. And I'm like, yeah, because you're not on heroin. It's fucking weed. She's like, I don't want to take pot. I'm like, you're on opioids, bitch. What do you mean? Like, you're 80. You're an opioid addict. Like, this isn't a joke. Like, cannabis is a lower level. Oh, no. I don't want to be on marijuana. Final thoughts with Kelly Catrone. If there was one supplement you would recommend to everyone, love. Oh, wow! I love that. That's so true. That's so true. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Yeah. So much. Did we have fun? This. I think this was great. You, did like, we? Did we no get idea. everything that you needed? <laughs> we oh, talked. No, it was yeah. very all over the place, but that's, that's me. That's perfect. And you have no idea how much this means to us. Okay. And What's the name of your show? Your podcast? It's Good called for her. Good for Her.